nuestra comunidad has some catching up to do. So let's change the financial path together. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from la comunidad latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, hola. Welcome. I am so glad that you are here. This is Jen Hempel, your host. And if you're listening to this when it's first release, currently it is July. And wow, we are still dealing with the COVID restrictions. And I think, I hope you agree with me, but I think we are starting to accept that these restrictions, the social distancing, wearing masks is the way of life for now, for a bit, maybe for a while <laughs> and for a longer while than we think, right? And if you were to ask me in March about where I think we would be in July after COVID just sparked out, I would have said in July, we'd be getting back to normal. And <laughs> I have been proven wrong very much wrong. Now, this month's theme is about understanding. It's the general theme of understanding, understanding ourselves, understanding our community, understanding our money. And today we're focusing on a deeper understanding of our community. Well, that is if I do my job right. So today is just you and I, and we're going to be learning about the current stats and facts about the Latinx community tied to money. So since this is about personal finance, this is not all the facts and stats about the Latinx community, but those that are tied to money, as well as I'm going to discuss a little bit about those advantages about some of those facts and some of the disadvantages that we have. And we're going to discuss what can we do together as a community to change these stats for the better? How can we change the financial path that as a community we're on and how can we improve that and change it for the better? Because it can be done. It just takes some work. Before we truly get started, I do have a disclaimer. And that is that this is my own interpretation of the facts. It's my own thoughts. So I encourage you to take what resonates with you, take it with you and the rest that doesn't just leave it here. I know that as human beings, we each tend to interpret what we read a little differently based on what is going on in our current life, our priorities, what's important to us, and our values. And that is naturally what I'm going to do here, what's going on in our, my current life, what my priorities are, and my values. I work really hard on this podcast to never share anything to sway you in one way or another. Besides the obvious, I really do want you to improve your financial life. And that way I am trying to sway you to really improve your financial life. What I try to do is just I'm presenting what I feel you should know based on my own interpretation, right? And at the end of the day, again, I just would love for you to take what resonates you and just leave the rest alone. I will have resources 
and the show notes for you that I reference the stats that I got. I just didn't pull them out of air. And I am careful with those resources that I use and really look for resources that are research-based. And with so much content out there, we do have to be careful on what we read and consume because not everything is a legitimate source. So I really try hard to find those resources that I can reference that are legitimate and that are research-based. Okay, now that I got that disclaimer out of the way, I thought felt it was important to share, let's go ahead and dive in. You and I know that the Latinx community is the largest growing community in the United States. That is no secret. It is also the most socioeconomically insecure. Studies show that back in 2016, which feels like so long ago, Latin Americans made a median income in 2016 dollars of a little over 46,000, which is about 20% less than the national medium, which is just under $60,000. Now, the medium for Latino Americans is about $8,000 more than African Americans and their median income, and about $18,000 less of the white median income. Another thing to know is that the poverty rate in between the years 2008 and 2016 have decreased significantly. It's also important to note that wealth among our Latinx or Latino population is significantly less. According to a 2018 Unidos U.S. report, Only 31% of Latino workers participate in an employer-sponsored retirement plan compared to 48% of all other workers between ages 21 and 64. So that's interesting. 31% compared to 48%. Why is that? Is it a lack of knowledge? Is it fear? What we need to question ourselves why that is, or maybe it's just a lack or not necessarily a lack of money or feeling like you cannot contribute, maybe feeling that you are not making enough and therefore can't start investing at this moment, right? Research also shows that 54% of Latinos work for an employer that offers a retirement plan compared to 70% of all workers in the same category. So about half of the Latinos work for an employer that offers that retirement plan compared to 70% of all the other workers. So that is important to know. That's a reason, right? (laughs) Why wealth is significantly less. On the bright side, homeownership has increased. So that's a good thing. That's a part of building wealth. So Even though wealth is significantly less, and even though as a community, we are participating less in employer-sponsored retirement plans, we are investing. It's just in home ownership. Now, Latinos entrepreneurs, that continues to grow. It continues to drive small business growth. Between 2014 and 2016, the number of Latino owned employer firms increased by 13.1%, accounting for 23.8% of the net growth of all employer firms during that period. 
now the Latino community accounts for a combined of 1.3 trillion in economic activity. And their contributions are projected to top 1.7 trillion in 2020 and this year. So we'll see what happens. And Latinos own 3.2 million businesses in the U.S., according to the U.S. Small Business Administration. Together, those businesses almost generate $500 billion in economic activity annually. So we are thriving there. I don't know in comparison to all other business owners, but it is continuing to grow. All right. And also Hispanics are 1.5 times more than likely than the general population to become entrepreneurs at a faster rate than all the other major racial and ethnic groups. And I'm wondering if this may be because as a community, as a culture, we're driven. We are driven by hard work. We have come to the U.S. for a better life as a whole, right? So I'm guessing that that drives the community as a whole just to become entrepreneurs. And maybe the other options aren't cutting it, right? So could be those, but I'm not an expert in that area, just my own interpretation. The other thing to know is that, especially for you, and if you are a Latina, una mujer, they, we have been strong contributors to the high rates of entrepreneurship in our community. And according to an analysis of the Center for American Progress, Latina-owned businesses are the fastest growing segment in the women-owned business market and are starting up at six times the national average. So I think that's very important to note. I'm sure I've discussed this in the podcast before, but I wanted to bring it up again. Also, Latinos as a whole, and we'll be discussing this in a couple of weeks, are younger. So the median average of Latinos or Hispanics is 29 in comparison to 38 for the total U.S. population. Another interesting fact here is that the workforce of Latinas, it's made up of 7% of the total workforce, which is interesting, but this is back in 2014, in comparison to 15% of the, you know, it's basically the Latinas make up 7% of the total workforce and 15% of the female workforce. Again, this was back in 2014. So I wanted to share those give you some perspective of what the facts are, what the stats show. As you see, we have some advantages and some disadvantages. So the disadvantages are our income is lower as a whole and our wealth as a whole is also less. But something that I didn't mention here is that Although the wealth gap has nominally increased between 2013 and 2016, proportionally is decreasing. So when we're talking about wealth being less, it's proportionally less. There has been an increase, but proportionally it's decreasing. So I wanted to note that. So those are the two disadvantages. Our income is lower and our wealth is also less which makes sense. If the income is lower, the wealth tends to be less, but there's things that we can do to change this. Our advantages are, even though our wealth and maybe we're not investing, we are investing in home ownership. That has increased. The entrepreneurship space and 
Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. How much Latinos are a part of that, that also is growing, and especially among women, Latina women. And just remember that the advantage too, I think, is that Latinos are younger as a whole, right? Remember that median age is younger than the median age as a whole. So that accounts for that gap in wealth. Just keep that in mind. So we've got those disadvantages, which is our income being lower, the wealth being less, but we also have our advantages. So what can we do to improve this financial path for our community? How can we change it for the better? So I'm going to give you my take, my perspective of what we can do. And the first one shouldn't surprise you. And that is to educate ourselves like we're doing right now. So educate on our personal finances, educate ourselves overall, but I'm talking about money. So we want to continue to educate ourselves with our personal finances, but I want you to take it a step further. I want you to pass on what you learn with your family members, especially those that may not have a good understanding of our financial system here in the the US. I realize that the dynamics of our families may be that our parents solely speak Espanol and our parents may not be putting all a bunch of money in the bank or maybe our parents are stashing it under the mattress, right? And so we want to make sure that if depending maybe in there also they may be recent immigrants. So if you're if you are a recent immigrant, you're not going to have the understanding of the financial system here in the U.S. It's just what it is. It's because you're just recent, you're a recent immigrant. So what we want to do is just, it's our job to educate ourselves, but I think we should take it a step further and pass on what you learn with family members. Show them how to listen to this podcast, for example, or maybe they are already listening to podcasts and you just can share this one. You can share other ones. There's plenty of podcasts to choose from. Um, but if they're needing a podcast in Espanol, there's just let me know. Or if you're needing content in Espanol, let me know. There are resources out there, a lot of material about personal finance in Espanol. And I can share that with you. I'll put those in the show notes. But there, if there is a specific topic that you want me to cover in Espanol for a mem- family member, a friend, just let me know. Solo avísame. I will definitely help you. So that's number one of what I think we can do to just change that financial path together for our community. Number two is we need to stress the importance of wealth building. There's that generational wealth uh, term that's been going around in our community. And we need to stress the importance of this and how we can all build wealth Even if our employer may not offer a retirement plan, which it seems like that's the case for a good portion of our community. Yes, we can build wealth with real estate, but that's not the only way. There's the IRAs. There are those robo advisors, which I'm not completely against if you're just in getting started. But I, in my opinion, again, my perspective, I'm not telling you this is what you should do. That's just robo-advisors can be good for some, but I wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket. They do tend to 
have higher fees depending on that uh, robo firm. And you don't necessarily, it's always good to have that financial planner, that person to speak to, which some of those robo advisors have, but I don't know to what extent you are able to consult with them. Now, my point here too is we just can't let the employer not offering this benefit deter us or any of our family members. There are other ways to build wealth. IRAs are a way to do There's Index funds, there's different ways to build wealth. So just because your employer does not offer a retirement plan, 401k or whatnot, that doesn't mean that all hope is lost. You can build that wealth for yourself. Number three is diversify those investments. Now, I don't have exact data comparing the percentage of our community that is investing in real estate versus IRAs, index funds, and so forth. And in my experience, I see a good portion of our community investing in real estate which is fine. Uh, There's nothing wrong with investing in real estate. That is a legitimate way to invest. But we have to remember, there's other ways to invest beyond the real estate market. I'm a big proponent personally of diversification. Investing in real estate, as I mentioned, is an option. But you have to remember that this investment is stuck in the walls of your house. So you really need to learn about investing. There are some resources for that. There's actually a previous guest, Girls on the Money. She's been on the podcast actually just last week. She's getting ready to launch her program about investing in Espanol. So that would be a good resource for those family members that may not speak English. So just keep that in mind. So we have educate ourselves and pass on the information. We need to stress the importance of wealth building to all our family members and and friends. We need to diversify those investments. Let's just not do real estate. But we also need to make sure that as business owners, especially when this demographic is growing in our community, we need to get more financially smart. So we aren't working so hard to make that money and spinning that hamster wheel. We need to play, we need to manage that money smartly or more smartly and make sure that we have money stashed away for emergencies for our business. And we make sure that we're our accounting records are good. All those things that are involved in running a business, we will have to make sure that we're just not working, receiving payment, paying the bills and moving on. There is more to that one managing finances for a business. So I want to make sure that we just need to get more financially smart with that money that we're making or bringing in for our business. Another point is that as a community, we need to change our mindset. And I'm not saying this is just general talk, because I think in humanity, we need to change our mindset. But more specifically within our community, we have come from some tough situations. We face tough situations here in the U.S., but that doesn't mean that we have to remain in our current financial state forever because we can do better. We can think bigger. We thought big in coming to the U.S. There was a reason we came to the U.S. for a better life. So let's not forget that. 
the point here is I don't want you to limit yourself. I don't want our families to limit themselves because of some mentality they have or something that they continue to hear all throughout their life. So just keep that in mind. I think our mindset as a community can improve. It can change. We can think bigger. We don't have to limit ourselves because the sky is definitely the limit. Lastly, we can't neglect the need to address the different needs within the different subgroups in our community, such as the LGBTQIA. I think I got them all, all the letters, right? Because uh, they added some. So we need to address those, recent immigrants, undocumented, and so forth. So there's different within our community, there's different subgroups that have different needs. So we just can't forget about them either. So we just need to keep that in mind as we move forward, as we improve. And I'm not an expert in those specific subgroups, but I do know that we need to be aware of those subgroups and address those needs because the financial needs and the financial challenges are going to be slightly different. So just keep that in mind. So again, to make a change for the better, and this is my perspective only, we need to educate ourselves and pass on the information to our family members. We need to stress the importance of wealth building with our family members. We need to diversify those investments And we need to make sure that as business owners, we get more financially smart, as well as change our mindset as a community. And we don't want to neglect the needs of the different subgroups. Now, I can't change the financial path for our Latinx community alone. This is why I'm doing this episode. I'm hoping that you will help me. I'm hoping that I know I have talked to some of you and you do share the information with your family members. And that completely lights me up. So for those of you that aren't necessarily doing it consistently, or maybe life gets in the way, I encourage you to pass on the information, to stress the importance of wealth building, all those different points that I talked about a little earlier. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you found this valuable. And I'm trying to incorporate episodes like this just to really shed a different light to bring a different perspective as well, or not even necessarily a different perspective. Maybe it can just serve as a reminder as well. So let me know what you thought about this particular episode. Now, if you are someone you know is struggling on what to focus on first when it comes to your finances or your dinero, my daily money ritual can help. It's a free tool and it helps you really hone in on setting your intentions for your money and what you want to focus on for the day on a daily basis. And you can grab that over by going to jenhempill.com forward slash ritual. That is also in today's show notes. Next week, we will be talking to Rebecca Wiggins, who is the executive director for AFCP, which is the Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education. We will get to know her and what she sees just from the perspective of looking out from a nonprofit organization in the field of personal finance. So that's a good episode. 
that is it. Eso es todo. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into this show. I know you have a ton of podcasts to choose from, so it means a ton that you're here. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 220. Remember, I am linking up those references of those articles in the show notes. And so just make sure to check that out. I also want to remind you, claim that crown, tu corona. You don't have to wait. Really, the choice is in your hands and becoming the reign of your money can start right now at this very moment. You've got this, tu puedes, sending you abrazos through this mic. Also, make sure to share with us when you listen to this episode by taking a screenshot or even a selfie and tag us in your Instagram stories with at herdineromatters and the hashtag the same herdineromatters. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I will talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.